Troy, how are you doing, brother? Welcome to completely. Well, man, you know, let's just skip ahead that bullshit. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited um, too. Maybe I should set the setting though, at least because every time I talk to a friend in a tropical paradise, that's probably something I should set for for our listeners. How is you the should, weather? You should really do a you should do a live uh, podcast from here, like a beachcast. Yes. You should totally I'm come beginning to think that you're almost getting lonely on your paradise island as much as you invite your friends out there now. No, I just love you. I want you to come. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> everyone else. No, I no, think I, you like I, to, uh, you like to not, share. Not lonely, but I just I just enjoy this place. It's great. Um Ron uh, Ron Russo from from uh yes, five seven oh tattoo uh he just came to visit me for a couple of days. I uh, went fishing with him for these weird peacock bass fish, which were uh-huh. really pretty fish. Uh, it was cool. We went up some mountains and fished for uh, these like really big, pretty bass fish. It was fun. Yeah, did you catch any? Cool. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's like a like a tournament fisherman guy, like oh. a, you know, like uh, as a hobby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he did he did way better than me, but. Uh, but I, you know, I, I caught a couple, enjoyed it, and uh, it was super cool. It was, uh, it was fun. He had a, uh, yeah, he had a good time. It was nice, uh, nice hanging out with him. It was, it was, I, uh, it was cool. I always feel like fishing. I, I'm such an idiot, I guess, on it because I always feel like it's, it has to be luck until you really get with a good fisherman and he proves to you that there's thought in it. Uh, you know, everything in life is reducing the variables for success. And, uh, fishing is definitely one of those things where you, where you know, the, you know, the variables, you, uh, you know, every little bit makes, uh, increases your, uh, you know, your chances of success, you know, (laughs) similar then to the convention circuit. And what a good segue, because that's, that's what I was excited to talk about. This past couple of weekends, (laughs) I've kind of, um, you know, you may not know it, but you predicted something like this, at least. You you predicted to me, I feel like you're always telling the future of some sorts, but you predicted, first off, you're always on fashion. You know what it's going to be next year. You start wearing suits of funny colors and all these kids popping out the woodworks with suits of funny colors. You, You brought the mullet back. You made tattooing what it is in Philadelphia. These are all styles. These are all predictions of the future. And some time ago, I said, hey, Troy, after I was on that TV show, this place, this this convention circuit, this seems like it has a lot of drama. Like you could really encapsulate this and sell it to America. And you said, people are going to be trying to imitate you soon enough. And there was no reason <laughs> to give them a window into how to do that yet. And here yeah, we are, right? And, uh, here we are. Um yeah, this uh, there was a show in Tampa, uh, which I've been running a successful Tampa tattoo show for nine years, and uh, it's a really good show. And I built, you know, a, a really nice little show in um, in Tampa. Not mm-hmm. even really little. It's I mean, it's up to like three hundred booths. It's it's actually a pretty big show, um, you know. And people fly in. It's it's great. You know, it's great for the for the local environment. It's a great city it's you know it's super cool and and when i when i came there year one i kind of took over a show that was failing that was just 
you know, he wasn't advertising. The show was like, you know, it was, it was just a mess. And, uh, you know, in the, you know, he, he, you know, he wasn't a bad guy, but he, you know, he wasn't a tattooer. He didn't really know how to run a show and, uh, over his you know, head. It, it just over his head. And, you know, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do a good show in Tampa. And, uh, and I did. And then, uh, yeah, this year, uh, some, uh, some fucking guy that doesn't even tattoo decided he was just going to throw a tattoo convention in, uh, Tampa. And I was like, yeah, you know, you know, I run a show here, right? And you talked uh, to him. Well, no, I didn't even know who the fuck that asshole was. But, uh, at the last show, uh, that I did in Tampa, uh, you know, in 21, uh, guy comes up, you know, Hey, can I get a picture with you? And I'm like, sure. You know, like people ask me that all day, you know, I get a picture with you and I'm like, yeah, cool. You know, I'm not an asshole, you know, like, yeah, get a picture with me. And then he was like, Hey, uh, I'm the guy that runs the ink, the Bay, uh, show. And then I, I walked over and, uh, asked the person to delete the photo that he had just taken with me. (laughs) And I was like, fuck you, man, get the fuck out of my show. You were already familiar Um, with him? Well, familiar because he, he decided that he was going to run a show in the same facility that I run a show. And I was like, that's confusing for the public. People are going to think that your show is my show. It's in the same place. It's in the same thing. And, And, uh, you're, you're running a, a shitty show. You're not a tattooer. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. And, uh, you know, I want no parts of you, you know, being like at a venue that I'm running a show in, you know? Do you think uh, he did it in the place where that you do the show as just for that confusion at all? I mean, it would make sense of some dirty. No, I business think it was practice. just marketable. Honestly, I think it was just marketable for him that he thought, well, maybe I'll just, you know, like run a show here. Like he runs a show here and it's successful. I'll just run a show here. And, you know, the momentum, the digital advertising, the, you know, the wave of me running 25 years of tattoo conventions is a whole lot different from somebody just deciding that they're going to, you know, they're going to jump in my pond and try to fish my fish, you know? Mm-hmm. Um why i called you so, so quick really i was having sushi and i just it was like you know what dude i was seeing some of the stuff come about from the weekend you know some people were posting things about this crappy show and uh i was not involved with it. i did a show this week i don't want that to come across i guess that but the people were, were down in this show and i'm like oh man i need to call up troy and get his yeah it's kind of like and, and like half idea. those people are like you, you know like you did the show last year and you thought it would end up better somehow like or you you just thought you'd run a show with uh some guy that doesn't run shows and this is a second gonna work out for you i thought it was the first in your show he got no but he got he got kicked out of uh the the facility the uh the tampa bay convention center they kicked him out for this weekend um no no they kicked him out last year when he ran uh he ran like a 30 booth 40 booth show in the same uh, convention center that I do. And, uh, you know, like I, I, you know, emailed and, you know, emailed the health department, emailed the, uh, you know, the facility. And I was like, what the fuck are you renting? Uh, you know, this facility, I do one show a year. I do a really good job for you guys. Why, you know, why would you, uh, betray me like this with, uh, 
letting somebody else do try to milk my cow, you know, like, like mm-hmm. I've been, I've been promoting and building safe tattooing and a good show and what good tattooing is for a really long time in your market. Nine fucking years I've been running a show there and uh, you're just going to rent to this fucking asshole hack. You know, they're like, well, you know, it's not really up to us and you know, we don't really have, and I'm like, you know, they're, they were like, well, you have a no compete for three months on each end. And we, you know, we, uh, we you know, and that. I was like, all right, well, so then, uh, after the weekend, it was a horrible fucking, uh, catastrophe for that guy. The for health sure. department wouldn't let him. Yeah. The health, he, he didn't even have a bio waste company set up to pick up the bio trash. Didn't that didn't happen again anything, this year? Uh, That's... yeah, but let me talk about the last yes. year first. <laughs> okay. Yes, um, yes, sorry. So last year he never even hired a bio waste company. Uh, we have, you know, the, the health department runs and there's rules on conduct with every industry and, uh, yes. he's not in that industry. So he didn't know what the conduct was and didn't operate in an appropriate fashion. So, you know, he got kicked out of the, uh, the, uh, Tampa Bay convention center. They wouldn't allow him back. Yeah. The health department kicked. Well, yeah, yeah. Over well, also okay. the you know a convention center, they uh they want people to come. They want you know the the entire purpose of a convention center is it's ran by a city, and the city wants to promote tourism to that city. So they okay. want groups to come in, and they want people to come to that city because groups that are doing expositions there are drawing people to their town. And, uh, you know, I, I draw, I mean, people fly in from all over the world for my shows. I do very well for the cities that I promote my events in because I'm a good promoter and I've been doing it for 25 years and I have a very large following because of my success rate of what I do. And, uh, you know, then, you know, they, they, they kind of just want to make a quick buck and let some fucking asshole in. And, uh, they, they quickly learned that that didn't work for them. And, uh, and their tourism dollars um, weren't well looked after or their, their investments. Well, no, their, their health, their health code violations that their legal team decided that he was no longer able to even run an event there. And then they decided that they're just going to stick with me and not, roll the dice on uh, some <laughs> asshole else? because uh, yes. <laughs> yeah so well, I mean, luckily did. nobody will ever well i mean after that year they they wouldn't so but now he, this he year, did it again this year yeah he did yeah, it again so this year in a different facility he went to the state fairgrounds which is okay. like you know it's not a great facility it's you know it's, but at least it was not really set in up that. for trade shows when i think of um, fairground i'm thinking open ground he, he it had to have a building though, right? No, he was in a building, but okay. You know the surrounding areas are, you know, it's it's you know the the fairgrounds, you know. Yes. So mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Ink Life Tour, which is a another failed uh, tattoo convention group, uh, you know they they Not went recall. under what? How long? How long ago did they seven, go under? Like seven 10 years, years ago? ago? Seven? Was it ten? Seven? Okay. I don't know, something like that. Um, <clears throat> concert promoter that 
thought he'd run uh, concerts while uh, and use uh-huh. uh, tattoo booths for uh, that whole thing but, failed. Uh, that thing <laughs> went down the two. Like they had uh, Snoop Dogg was on there. The last one that I recall, Snoop, every all, all my friends were so excited about either going is either Snoop Dogg or Ice Cube, possibly both, and or possibly both right in a row. Like people were excited to the, go to the convention and then they they didn't show up. Everybody paid yeah, money they never for booked them. Dog they just adver- they just advertised them and they never uh, they never even booked them. <laughs> um, scumbags. Um, problematic. So problematic scumbags. So I don't know the Ink the Bay thing this year. The the dude uh, uh, rented a space at the uh, the state fairgrounds for mm-hmm. like a small little outbuilding out there and tried to do a show with like. I don't know, maybe a hundred booths. My, my Tampa shows 300 booths with, uh, you know, people from all over the world. His show was like a hundred booths and he did comp like, I don't know, a good chunk of that room trying to get, uh, big good artists in. And such in. Yeah. Good Which... artists. And, you know, he was able to lure like unknowing people in because they had a free space right. and reached out to him and told him, you know, promised him all this shit. And, uh, and then just didn't even deliver half, you know, a bunch of people didn't even have booths. See, like, like Gil Monty is like, uh, you know, he's an old back Um, yeah. Gil showed up and, uh, didn't have a, bo- didn't have a booth. And the guy's like, Oh, I can only imagine what, you know, <laughs> I've seen you bend over backwards to take care of old timers that, that come to your shows. Uh, I feel as though you take really good care of them and, and you've got a real, a real connection with the history that they are and the importance that they have inside of our industry. I couldn't imagine for a second that you would have Gil showing up to your show and you would tell him that he didn't have a booth. If that was the prior arrangement. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tell him to kick curbs after he drove there. Yeah. Seems um, he had a, so, his, his crew there too. What didn't he have a shop there or something? Like it wasn't just him. I thought it was no idea. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't there. Like I wasn't going to go to that <laughs> fucking train wreck. Well, know? yeah, you yeah. wouldn't take a picture with um, the guy. He wasn't going to let you show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I threw him out of my show and made him delete the picture with me. Um, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> me well, not there. Of, this is what, <laughs> are you prepared? Now we see it. You saw it some time ago. Uh, that there was going to be these rival or competition type venues starting up. You imagine that they would have, I'm guessing you imagine they would have their heart in the wrong place or their, you know, their, their pocketbook in the wrong place because you were wary of it. How do you uh, prepare for this kind of stuff in the future as a, as a promoter who has to now deal with, I'm guessing, right? I don't know, but you'll enlighten me. The health department now not just in that local. So they they've learned, I'm sure they know better than trying to deal with this guy again, but they don't know about the next one. And then other health departments and places as they talk amongst themselves, aren't they going to be more wary of having tattoo promoters come in? And by that, doesn't that hurt you? I mean, there's, there's yes and no. I mean, running a, running a, a big event like that is a lot of money and it's a, and it's a hard job. And, uh, unless you're really networked in, uh, unless you're really a tattooer, unless you're really it, 
there's not a lot of there's not a lot of money in it. There's not a lot of uh, it's a lot of hard work, and you have to be very organized to be able to do it. And uh, you know, I haven't really seen anyone really succeed outside of that. And uh, you know, I mean, if you look at at tattoo conventions and how many people are running them, how many people are still running them, how many people became you know successful in making them. Uh, really good i mean it's it's few you know it's not a it's not a quick money thing you know can only think of Uh, am i worried about uh am i worried about competition not not so much because most of the most of the artists that are that are running uh shows you know we're respectful we we know each other we don't step on each other's cities i mean there's a ton of cities that i could go into and dominate and uh you know, I don't because I'm friends with, uh, you know, the people that are running their cities. I'm friends with, uh, and I respect, uh, you know, the, the, the events that they've, that they've been, that they've been doing, you know? So, and they respect me as well, you know, and even though I'm the alpha in the, you know, in the industry, (laughs) it's still, it's still one of respect for me. And I lead by, that example as well that i you know i'm not going into people's cities unless they uh you know really just fail to show miserably you know um that that you know the the shows you know basically just ran into the ground and i'm i'm gonna you know i'm gonna do a show here because they're they're really you know there isn't one that's that's worth the value of the city you know and yeah. uh, you know, no, nobody could ever say that about me. Like, if I fail and I leave a city, it's because there there's no market, or there's a problem with the facility that it can't be, you know, made profitable. Like, okay, you know, yeah. like I left Rhode Island because uh, the architecture of the facility is just fucked. You know, okay, um, you know, I, and- I I remember that with um, I think it was Cincinnati. The first year we did it, you did it. First year, uh, and man, it was a great show for all the artists. I don't think there was a single artist. I, I remember looking around and not a lot of people in the aisles. Everybody was in a chair. Every artist there was working. And that was yeah. remarkable because so many people liked it. I com- I commended you on it. I was like, hey, great show. Not a lot of people in the aisles. but Man, all the chairs were filled. And that matters. You appreciated that. And but then I saw it in your eyes. I was like, oh, yeah, the door matters to Troy, though. This is and <laughs> and we talked about that because <laughs> right? because even though every all of us made money, you were kind of like, I don't know how Cincinnati is going to work out. You said you needed to adjust a few things about the advertisement. And I was curious, you know, how's it going to go? Do we go back one, two years, three years or does it not develop? I, I was wondering. And we're going back this year. We've been back every year since I, it, it's turning into a success. Yeah I, think I'm, yeah. I think I'm on year four there, but I, I moved it from that first year that you're talking about. I was on the Covington side and okay. uh, it, it's a smaller convention center. And a lot of people from Cincinnati don't really like crossing the bridge into Kentucky. Um, okay. You know, like why, why go to uh you know, why, why go to Kentucky when you, you know, the city's in, <laughs> when you're in Ohio, the city, you know? Right. Yes. Uh, Kentucky and, uh, doesn't you know, seem moving, to have a problem Moving across the bridge, I was able to, I was able to kind of make that, 
make that leap after doing uh, one small show there to make okay. the leap into the convention center. And, um, you know, running a, you know, going into a convention center, it's, uh, it's a make or break. Like, you know, you, you have to, uh, you have to draw, you have to, do you know what I mean? There's, yeah. It's, when uh, you're dealing with that high dollars to be a yeah, failure, yeah. you don't have so much chances to do it one time could wipe out the average person you have to kind of i guess yeah. go in there with almost distort chest planning on making a, a loss somewhat the first year uh, to build it into a success yeah i mean it's, i think that's it's tough i mean running a, running a show is tough you know kind of similar um, to what we do as, as artists you know where we the first year <laughs> and i don't know if everybody knows this too but i think it's it, it's generally accepted for a lot of us artists the first time we go to a tattoo convention we might only do a few tattoos but the plan is that next year we're calling those people up we're advertising through those people and we're hopefully getting twice as many tattoos the next year and, and building it same as you i guess yeah I mean, keep uh, keep track of the people you tattooed in each city and um, text them the next year, Facebook them the next year, friend them, you know, like build a, you, know, you have to build a clientele, you have to build an mm -hmm. audience. And even though I, you know, I, I create an environment that has uh, a, a steady walk in traffic for people, you know, if you want to succeed in, you know, going to shows and traveling, and traveling and going to shows is is magical and you you know <laughs> you you should you i believe should do it it's and it's great but you why know, should they do it there's work that's involved with because you get to see the world you get to see uh all these different cities you get to experience all these different things you know you're not you're not just sitting uh you're not just waking up uh punching a clock doing your tattoo going home, watching TV, getting up in the morning, punching the clock, again. doing your tattoo, watching TV, getting up in the morning, you know? And, uh, I mean, God damn, like, you know, I, I would just kill myself if I had to do the goddamn same thing over and over and over. It just, like, I'm just not wired that way. Like it, it's not acceptable for me to, you know, like, no, to do the same you're thing. You're attracted to experiences, like, I, um, you know? Yeah. I mean, just like, I don't know, maybe I just, I need, uh, you know, a constant, uh, new, um, environment and new, you know, things to, to stimulate, Inspire. you know, it, it yeah. you know, like, yeah, I mean, you grow, you learn, you, you know, you do, I just, yeah, I just can't even imagine doing the same thing over and over and over again. You know, it's, I feel like man, that's kind brutal. of the, artists um inspiration like like uh traveling forces experiences this is my own opinion i guess traveling forces experiences and experiences are what we draw on as artists for everything inspiration uh for a reference of work and, and uh and so i feel like that's a necessity for a growing artist i guess it is, but I mean, in every craft, you you need new variables, you need new discovery. You know, you never get better unless you you challenge the variables around you. You know, mm -hmm. um, you'll never grow otherwise. You know, if you keep doing the same thing over and over, in ten years, you will have produced the same product. 
you know right you need uh you need that constant uh um variables you need the constant uh you know things to stimulate you inspirations uh you know some you tony lafayenza for one i just want to say his name on my podcast because i know he listens <laughs> um hey tony how you doing uh but tony himself he travels he's not a tattoo artist he became a collector, I, I believe, around the same time the Ink Master came out. Now he's got almost a full bodysuit. James did one of the last pieces of his, not last, but one of the last spots on his stomach. Um, what, what, what's that there? What, what's your take on, on the collector, the traveling collector? Uh, is that Tony, like, like with the big stomach that has the fox thing? Uh, yes, yes, on his stomach. Yeah. Oh yeah, that yes. that tattoo's badass. I forget who did that tattoo, but uh, Dale tattooed uh, Payne, alongside possibly. that at the last. Sh- okay. Uh, Dale was Dale was doing a tattoo uh, in Chicago next to that tattoo, and I was like, Dale, don't fuck that up. <laughs> that's <laughs> fucking. Uh, <laughs> I've judged that thing a million times, and it's won a bunch. You know, that's, Dale Callahan. That fucking tattoo's Dale. Yeah, Dale Callahan. The the fox I yeah. think was Josh Payne. The fox and then was James. Done by Josh Payne. Yep. I think James finished the opposite side of it this last weekend in DC or this weekend. James, uh, nice. James Vaughn. Yeah. It was a really beautiful tattoo. Um, man, I'm jealous. You got to see James Vaughn. I haven't seen that. Oh, man. Pre-COVID. It felt so good. Really. I, I love that guy. He's, he's still having a, um, some trouble winded, you know, it was so good to see him though. Yeah. It really was. He's, he's yeah. planning on trying to make it up some more. He, he, you can see that he misses everybody quite a bit. You know, not just from the way things were going, but just the way he was talking about because he's kind of doing shop life now. And so he's kind of punching that clock and he ain't used to it, you know. Yeah, yeah. I imagine that's like kind of fucking grueling for him. <laughs> well, let's get back to uh so Tony. Um yes. so you know, I, I really I really love uh people like Tony that are able to come to the shows and uh and collect really nice tattoos from all these incredible artists and uh you know like people can you know uh come and uh and and collect really, i don't think really he had fucking good tattoos he only had like one or two in, in really? since yeah i'm pretty sure he had very very few if any tattoos man i, I gotta be wrong but, it, but it's somehow some resurgence happened after he, he saw ink master or something started coming to shows but that bodysuit has been put together i think in as little as five years for the most part wow and a large part of it at at your shows and through meeting people from your shows you know and even even uh even you know like going uh even going back like chris longo the mayor of tattooville uh Tattoos most of most of his work was done uh at shows and mm-hmm. you know traveling to get uh you know different uh you know different people's work and uh and it's it's cool to you know create this you know this environment for collectors to be able to come and uh you know have tattooers really want to uh want to do their best to impress you know the the rest you know Right, and it's it's a great place for for collectors to come and uh, and get tattooed to you know to have uh, 
you know, people try to outdo each other with, with the work that they're putting out, you know, and yeah. that's, that's a big if part you do of a it piece too, on something know? like that. You're always trying to make sure it, it fits and it, it belongs. Cause you got your, you know, I mean, works Longo, right next Longo, to Josh you know, Payne. Chris, yeah. I mean, Chris Longo, uh, you know, super cool guy. Um, you know, like him and he just, uh, you know, I mean, he started coming to all the tattoo conventions and, uh, just as a collector and became, you know, kind of, a a, a tattoo icon in his own right of being, uh, being a collector. I yeah. mean, now he's retired and he owns, uh, he owns, he owns a tattoo shop now, you know, he got so into the, into the culture from getting tattooed and learning and studying so much about it that he ended up, you know, eventually an accepted 20 part. years, an accepted part, you know, um, yeah. you know, in, interesting to see, you know, like, like a lot of these, uh, a lot of these people, you know, collecting, collecting work and, uh, you know, and, and watching them and being a judge, like, you know, your, your wife's a judge, you know, with me, I love mm-hmm. the candy crush. I think I already said that last time, but, uh, you oh, know, every like, time we might as well bump the candy super, crush. Super fucking cool. Yeah, I always got to promote the candy crush, but, uh, it's super cool to see, uh, you know, these collectors like add, uh, add work and add pieces to their, to their thing. And like, you know, when, when I'm judging, to, I'm what like, about oh, to God, be the inspiration, thing, you know? to be the connection the, well it's kind of to, you're also like the glue or the connection i guess is because that happened if it happened with tony and we know it's going to happen with someone else when they show when somebody shows up to the conventions and they kind of fall in love they find their niche it's kind of the way i felt the first time i ever went to a convention it was the first time i i, did, I felt like everybody was weird enough that i wasn't sticking out you know Ah, you're like still sticking out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I'm well, only because I picked up a machine and asked how much for the gun. <laughs> Guy grabbed it away from right. me. So he would, you can't buy that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. The gun shows <laughs> next week. <laughs> yeah. That was my first experience. Now people will say gun in front of me. I don't even correct them anymore now. I'm just like, you know, okay. <laughs> yeah, me either. I just, you know. I want other people to know that they're trash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you do correct them or you don't correct them? No, I don't correct them. I'm like, yep. Oh, yeah. Go, sh- go spread that around. They'll, they'll figure. Okay, I'll follow. <laughs> you don't need to broadcast it. Just don't correct them. Yeah, yeah. Don't correct them. Like, you, you, know they're, uh, you know they're not with it, you know? Yeah. Who is it? Lyle Tuttle had the sign. Do you remember, do you remember it? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. How do you go? It it is a lesser offense to call one's mother a whore than it is to refer to the sacred machine that performs the tattoo as a gun. I think that's right. Yep, super good. It's re- I love it sounded Lyle. really I've long. Been seeing, a, been seeing a lot of Lyle uh, photos. Uh, uh, I don't know if it was his birthday or his death day. This uh, uh, last Facebook couple days, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, on Facebook feeds, a lot of Lyle uh, pictures, which made me happy. Uh, you know, because I miss, I miss that guy. Um, it was amazing. I don't know. You know, Lyle was fun. 
Miss all the old guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had, uh, um, I'd say Lyle's been my favorite old timer, but he's also the only one I really had a chance to get kind of close to it and sit for hours and hours and listen to his stories. Um, never really, never really had that. I feel like I already told you, I think before I always felt like I squandered those kind of moments with Eddie and, uh, you know, by not recognizing that they were available, you know, cause he's a happy old timer. He's happy to tell you a story about the old days, yeah. you know, and, uh, just, I happened to be in the right places with Lyle that I, I got to share a couple of, you know, several hours with him actually. And, and man, that guy, I don't know, just something about knowing that you, that you have a touched part of history or that you've, you know, been in the presence of somebody with that much history to the thing that we love, you know, the industry we love and, uh, and, and somebody who's so, I'd almost call him down to earth, but he's, he's pretty eccentric too, really. Yeah. And they're, they're both, uh, both Eddie and Lyle were both really like friendly, adventurous guys. They're, you know, they'd, they'd talk to random strangers. They'd, you know, they'd interact with, uh, with rooms of people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting to watch and people, people don't like, react like that anymore it's uh i don't know it was, it was interesting to, to watch <laughs> those guys uh yeah james is like that uh yeah you know certainly a charismatic guy certainly uh you know you love going to the bar because you, know? you know he's he, he eases into moments or something almost you know like he he, yeah. he ain't scared to say anything out of his mouth and the same with with uh with these old timers really you you um you caught the love of traveling before you knew Philadelphia Eddie or, or that came after you met him? Uh, kind of, I mean, kind of during after, but mostly, mostly after, I mean, I'm, you know, I really, I mean, I moved to Philly at the age of 20 and, yeah. uh, you know, I, I, after a year, you know, I was like 21, 22 years old. And Eddie's like, Hey, I'm doing this show. Why don't you come with me, kid? I want to introduce you to people. And, uh, can you, know, you do it? So I'm like, a, I'm a Philly voice. You know, I'm like Eddie voice. two years. Hey kid. Hey kid. We're going to the bar. We're going to the bar. <laughs> um, All right, uh, thanks man. That it makes was, me happy. <laughs> it was, it was, it was fucking great. You know, like being able to, uh, you know, like run around and drink with him all night and, you know, get crazy. And he liked me cause I was, you know, I grew up in Wisconsin, like, you know, that strong alcoholic, uh, German blood. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I could, I could handle drinking with him all night, you know? So, right. And you know, the rest of his, the rest of his staff were like old bikers and they just had no interest in like, you know, really the community or anything like that. They just wanted to like, you know, do, do their own thing, you know? Mm-hmm. tattoo go home you know tattoo and not you know and uh I was he had traveled about, himself you know oh yeah what? eddie eddie fucking went everywhere you know he mm-hmm. he got to travel like he was he he had the wanderlust like he set up the shop you know had the shop making money and then he'd you know Leap. he'd run away and he'd be tattooing uh all over the place you know um <laughs> 
Was he making money so, when he from the shop when he was tattooing other places? So I got the impression that he uh, kind of just leave the place to the guys and let and come back to see if the bills were paid or not. Yeah, there was probably some of that because, uh, you know, I mean, back then you didn't have you didn't have a shop that, you know, I mean, people just walked in, you know, like uh-huh. it, it was a retail store. People walked in, they they purchased, they didn't purchase. You know, I mean, people didn't really actually do a appointment tattooing until, you know, the 2000s, you know, for okay, the most part, yeah. um, you know, people, yeah, uh, did, were there that many, I mean, know, collectors weren't that, there were much fewer and farther between, I imagine. I mean, like collectors people, were really because of the, the advent of, uh, of the conventions that they, they really started collecting because otherwise they lived in a town and they got tattooed by the guy in that town. Right. And either they got all of their tattoos by that one guy in town, or they went to tattoo conventions and got to get tattooed by other people, you know, Yeah. or which really they, didn't start happening you know, in the seventies, which is easier, which is easier than flying to, you know, flying, Japan. getting a hotel room and getting tattooed by some dude in some other town, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so the conventions made, things practical and easy for collectors because the clients, you know, the, the tattooers came to them, you know, and they were able to, to become collectors from all these people, you know, in, in Europe, uh, you know, people collect tattoos from artists that are from, uh, outside of, uh, Germany, you know, like you're, you're doing a German convention and, uh, you know, they have a row of tattoo, you know, tattoo booths, from America, from, you know, okay. Europe, I mean, from Asia, from, you know, this, you know, whole row of Japan tattooers, you know, which is, they keep them all in, you know, a lot of, and a lot of times, a lot of those countries, they, you know, they, they either don't get along with those artists or, you know, it's <laughs> like, they really don't want to be next to each other. Like America, like all the top American tattooers are, more or less respectful of each other because they're, they're not in kind of any immediate competition locally with each other. Uh So they're, you know, they're, they're cool and respectful that each other does nice work. So, you know, um, you know, back when I, when I started breaking open cities, you know, like my first Minneapolis show, like everyone kind of looked at each other and it was like awkward because it was the first time that, (laughs) all of those assholes were in the same room together, <laughs> right. you know, and they're just like, and by year two, they started, uh, all the best artists started, uh, requesting to be next to the other artists that were the best artists in the town. And, okay. uh, and that happened, uh, in every, every city that I broke open, um, where, you know, the, the best, the best artists started to become friends with each other because they respected, uh, Right. The work that each other did, and they were isn't that they interesting? Were, they were comfortable enough in uh, in the work that they did, and and uh, the the money they make that mm-hmm. they weren't you know like hostile toward each other. You that know, is crazy. In more no, of I, a friendly I, competition, I and friendly that. competition became friends, and over the years, you know, those people became really good friends. You know. And yeah. started traveling together, you know. <laughs> so you right. you you know you you go from um you go from uh you know a city that uh, is you know competition with each other, 
to meeting each other in the same room that I created this environment for them to meet. And then they become friends. And then eventually they start traveling together as, uh, <laughs> as friends right. into other, other environments. It's, uh, yeah. it's which we run into it's, all it's the super time. Cool. Like, like I, yeah. like I said before, like I, you know, I, I, uh, I identify as, uh, the pollen in, uh, in the, in the, uh, industry, you know? Yeah. That's, uh, I, I, I'd, I'd never really looked at it like that. I can see it now because we all know artists that, you know, you'll say, Oh, you're from such and such spot. You know, you're from this state. You guys are from this state. You work at the same shop and they'll say, no, actually he works at a competing shop, but you know, we get along and we came out here. We, and that is half the story. We're, we're often part of the story is that they met at a convention. They both wanted to do other conventions. They can split a booth. Now the price is half. They can split a hotel room. Now the price of that's half. So they're saving money. And, and at one time I've never thought to think of it, but I bet some of them were kind of bitter rivals. I, I know in Flint, it, it was pretty, I mean, when I was coming up, that was a lot of it. You know, it was always uh, a small, a lot of small fish or a lot of, a lot of big fish in small ponds, I guess. Everybody thought they were the big fish and, and, and uh, all that animosity and brought backbiting. It, it's definitely calmed down now. And I, I wonder if, uh, tattoo shows are going to help that in the future with all places i mean i think so makes sense and i and i see that but you know it's also i mean the internet people are people see each other's work you know whereas before like you know in the 90s early 2000s like you know there was no internet there was no uh you know like occasionally you'd see a guy walk into your shop that had a tattoo from the from the shop next door and you'd be like, Oh wow, that's in school. Who did that? And they'd be like, Oh yeah, Don Juan did that. I'm like, ah, I know Don. I drink with him at, mm-hmm. you know, at the bar, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, but you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, few and far between like to be able to really, you know, coexist with, you know, Philly was a little different for me, like coming up in the nineties, like the, you know, all the young tattooers that, you know, even though I worked at Eddie's and some of the guys worked at, uh, at body graphics, you know, we'd kind of drink at the same bars and we'd, you know, we'd go to all the punk rock shows and see mm-hmm. each other. And, you know, and, it, you know, like, like, you know, me and, um, you know, Don and Jason Goldberg and <clears throat> all these different guys would, uh, you know, uh, Eric perfect. And, uh, you know, all these, all these different guys that worked in different shops would all see each other. And, you know, we're all, we're all tattooers that respected each other because we, we'd see each other's work and we'd see each other at, at the conventions and we'd see each other's work at the conventions. And we're like, you know, like, yeah, you you're, you're a good tattooer. I respect helped. you, you know? Do you think it uh, helped I mean, being in the city competing for less being resources, in a, being or, in a, you know? I mean, being in a city helps a lot because you, it's you have that communication and it's, and it's, it's wider. And also, uh, you know, I mean, there's three shops in this, in a, in a small town, you know, like one of them's the good shop, one of them's okay. And one of them's, uh, right. the butt of, uh, the other two's jokes. jokes. You know? Right. 
so <laughs> you know when you when you go to a, a place like Philly, like you know where there's 20 shops, um, you know the the top five guys, you know, are going to be they're going to be friends, you know. I follow. Yeah. So I guess back to conventions, just so I can mention. Am I wrong in thinking that this convention that went on this weekend uh, that we were making fun of earlier, it had no pipe and drape? Uh, no pipe and drape. Um, they they North, North uh, They um, I mean, I was kind of uh, I was kind of proactive with the health department from the beginning of this thing. I was like. Yeah, this guy's a fuck up, and you, you know, like you got to keep an you eye, maintain, uh, keep an eye on him, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he he uh, he's super fucked up. He didn't manage uh, the the bio waste in the manner that is uh, acceptable in Florida. Can and, this affect uh, you? you? It you won't affect me, but okay. I definitely. I mean, people were people sending pictures to me of like, hey, this guy's like, I mean, he doesn't even have fucking trash cans here. He doesn't have this. He doesn't have, you know what I mean? Like, and like, here's pictures of like bio waste on the floor, you know, uh, and the, the health department took pictures. They're actually, uh, they actually uh, are issuing a warrant for his arrest oh, wow. the next week for improper uh, disposal of uh, bio waste. Uh, because, uh, running, running a big show, it's one thing to have a tattoo shop and you have a, you know, you're, you're separating, uh, bio waste to normal waste and you're processing it in a way that, you know, may or may not hit a radar when you do it on a big scale, it becomes a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know how I give, uh, contaminated. Well, you know how I give that space dust away? The uh, yes. mm-hmm. uh at all my shows, the you know, the liquid solidifiers. I do that for mm-hmm. reasons. I you know, like I run a clean show and uh you know, I mean that stuff costs me money. Like I mean I I buy that shit. It's like five grand a fucking pallet from China to buy that to give it away for free at my shows so that I don't have Liquid is contaminant. That your uh, product, exposure space waste. dust. Yeah, yeah, is it's that... my product, but it's it's. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm going to use the word product loosely because I give it away. Right. I I yeah, buy no, it and give it away for free so that artists use it so that my room is safe. And what safer. it is, so people understand, is if all my liquids they become content, all my inks, um, water if I use it in the tattoo becomes contaminated with blood, and so it needs to be thrown away. But if I were to dump it in a sink, they, somebody could become cross-contaminated. If I just throw it in the, in the garbage, it could leak through. Again, somebody could become cross-contaminated. Yeah, so you, but you the put solidifier poured on top. Mm-hmm. Go on. Yep. You, you put the solidifier on it, and it becomes a gel that locks in uh, the the uh, liquid contaminant. So it, so it no escape. longer is um, a liquid contaminant, and it, it makes it inert and safe. Um, for normal trash disposal. Yes. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, that guy didn't, didn't use that. He didn't use, um, he didn't even bring trash. Really? I, I don't think he was even using, um, bio waste bags because there was, uh, 
there's just like trails of fucking uh, rinse cup juice on the floors <sighs> and uh, everything else, you know, which you you'd never see at one of my shows. No. And even if you did, I would I would mat aside it off and clean it, you no. know, because I'm and not going to have a you know a a, a bio waste uh, very last show we did. My show. I came out of the bathroom. I, I the the it happens most shows actually at some point several of the sinks will start becoming low on soap because as tattoo artists and as clients most of us are aware we wash our fucking hands and so the soap oh. becomes depleted uh i came out to you and i i see i was passing you i know if i would have told any of the other guys it would have been taken care of too but i saw you first and so i said hey troy the bathrooms are running out of soap it i saw right away it became your first priority you, you ran off to tell whatever, if you follow me, to me, that's important things. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, if I, yes, no. uh, Yeah. Chicago. Yep. Cause if I go to a restaurant right after that, yeah, there, if I go to a restaurant, there's no soap in the bathroom. I really don't feel comfortable eating there anymore, you know, and to, to have these things, they're going to be problems when they, when they get taken care of, Obviously, people have their heart in the right position. How do we as uh, what can we do? Me as an artist, yourself as a promoter and myself, I guess, as a podcast hoster. What do we do to help the public become informed about uh, inferior shows that they're, you know, because when I talk about conventions and I'm doing villain arts, mostly a few others here and there that I know are good. How do we? inform the public that that they can't just pick or just go to any show and expect that they get the same treatment um i mean there's you know there's there's a lot of little little shows and little markets um and i mean some of the you know little shows are are good and handled well and you know some aren't and it's i don't know it's a crapshoot i (laughs) I don't even know how to you know one way is to go to uh, shows one way is to go to villain art shows for sure. <laughs> Shameless but, uh, plug. Yeah, but you know, otherwise, uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's, you know, there's a lot of crappy shows, and, uh, and it sucks. <laughs> there's nothing you can do. And, uh, That's what we're hearing. I don't know what to, you know, I don't know what to do about that. But uh, uh, that Ink the Bay guy, I'll never do a show again. He's he's actually. Uh, uh, because I interacted with the health department through mm-hmm. that whole weekend Fiasco. and, uh, you know, they, they went, they went there on uh, Saturday and Sunday taking pictures and uh, they're issuing a felony warrant for him um, for improper disposal of uh, bio bio waste. So he's fucked because he, you know, he wasn't educated enough to know how to handle the trash that he was generating. Going to end up, you know, probably going to jail and facing serious fines for somebody else cleaning up the mess that he created because he didn't do it properly. So, you know, like they shouldn't, uh, people that don't know what they're doing shouldn't run a macro event of tattooing if they don't understand how it works, you know? And it's, there's a lot of moving parts to it. There's a lot of moving parts to waste disposal. There's a lot of moving parts to how to how to handle and process uh, 
artist procedure and supplies and uh and keeping it you know running safe in a in a in a healthy way so See, if i was you know, if i was a public i feel like uh looking i i don't know how i would even tell that that was going to be a crap show if i you know i mean if i looked at the roster of artists he had good artists yeah. and good named artists showing up I, I'm sure they're all talking about it this weekend. I said, that's what inspired me to call you uh, was seeing some of their posts that were like, well, this should never happen again. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I mean, I, I had like five texts back and forth with Derb today about it, you know, okay. we were, yeah. you know, sending me pictures and, you know, he was like, you know, he was pissed. He was, he was also pissed that, you know, like, like his name is, uh, is drawn into associated in a fashion, you know, like a, a shit show, you know, like, mm -hmm all the people that were there that, that did, you know, that, that shit show, it, it looks bad on, uh, it looks bad on them, you know, there's, yeah, there's bad a PR on them for participating work. in, uh, in, in that kind of a shit show. It, it makes them look like shit, you know, for, for even participating in, uh, because in of something that is, well, I mean, something that's now resulting in a felony right. of, uh, of, Despite you know. being duped of, of some large sense, many of them are, I mean, um, I, I guess it, it's, I don't know. I imagine it's easy to get even me to show up to a show. I mean, everything comes with money, I guess. And sometimes these guys are just doing this on a promise of money. Uh, I wonder if he was able to come through on any of his promises. Um, I imagine he wasn't. And that that's the backlash we're going to be seeing too. That that people are saying, you know, promised me a free room or a free booth, promised, you know, which is nothing if you don't have people coming through to sit in your chair still. Well, I saw I saw a post from some girl that was like, "Email me if uh, he owes you money or you're expecting a refund." Like, trying to set up a class action lawsuit against him, and I'm like, <laughs> he has no money. Like, you're you're fucked. Right. Like, you're not no lawyer is going to take that. Like that right. guy has no money. And, uh, after Robin he goes Peter to jail for Paul. fucking, um, after he goes to jail for fucking, uh, improperly, uh, disposing of, uh, of bio waste, like he's facing like a 50 grand fucking fine, uh, and jail time. Like there's no fucking way that he's going to give you any money back. <laughs> he didn't make any money off the show to begin with, you know? Right. So yeah, you're all fucked. You're all fucked because you uh you did a show ran by some fucking scumbag that wasn't a tattooer and yeah, had no like association with the tattoo industry. We were duped so, like yeah, this stick early with fucking on. Tattooers. Candy and I were at one point duped by a, a group. Um, they took our deposit for the show. They took a lot of people's deposits for the show, and then they ended up. I think there was a class action against them. I don't know if we ever saw any money from it. But I know that they just they they basically just told everybody they were doing a show. I think they might have done one the year prior. I think that's maybe the way it happens sometimes. People run a show, you expect that it did okay. Next year's maybe gonna be better. And then these people start promising out of their ass on all kinds of things, or maybe they have their own bills already. Maybe they've planned it like this, but sometimes they just take the money and run. Like with nothing. There's not even a show going on.
I think I think that's yeah. the way they didn't even pay for the venue, I think. And people were showing up for this supposed show that weekend with no venue paid for. Yeah. Or uh or they advertised Snoop Dogg and uh forgot to book him. <laughs> <laughs> for, forgot. Ah, let one thing slip. One little thing. Or, uh, I'm sure you guys won't mind. Or the ink or the ink and iron guys from uh LA that uh tried to do a a show in Nashville where they had uh like huge name fucking bands and tried to do a music uh-huh. festival out of it and then uh never paid any of the bands and uh, uh yeah the they just like canceled the show they uh they owed the city of Nashville like fucking one point five million declared <sighs> bankruptcy and then uh the next year they just changed their name and tried to run uh, uh ink the iron again under uh a different name in um in Long Beach. And then the, you know, the Long Beach Convention or the wow. Queen Mary was like, yeah, you know what? We, we can't do this anymore. Cause they, they heard of they them. Just kicked them out, you know? Okay. Well, no, they, they had been running uh, a show at the Queen Mary under Ink the Iron name for several mm-hmm. years. And then they decided to do a second the, the show Nashville. that had, uh, in Nashville that had, uh, like big name country bands and, uh, other people and I can't even remember the headliner, but it was a it was a big name country guy. You call him Toby I Keats. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Uh <laughs> no, I don't know what, what his name was, but anyway, uh he never got paid, so he just put a release out like, Hey, uh I'm not performing tonight because I didn't get paid. Right. And uh and then the entire fucking the entire thing, like everyone charged their uh their tickets back and uh mm. yeah it was just like fucking nothing you know i and, found uh, myself i don't even want to be a part of a show uh that is like any the, when the association with music goes on it, it's usually a bunch of shitty bands that are local and the, the promoter is really just making a scam kind of by making them advertise his show and that can work but then you have to listen to shitty bands all day, you know, and there's a reason yeah, but I mean, they don't get, you know, like I don't do, stage. you know, villain arts doesn't do live music at, at our shows mm-hmm. because uh, it's too loud on the floor. I want people to be able to interact with their clients. I want the clients to have a proper experience in getting tattooed. Mm-hmm. I don't want them, um, you know, being blown up by music and being in an uncomfortable position while they get tattooed. I want them to be comfortable. I want the artist to be uh, centered and I want the best work that they can do to come out because ultimately I'm running a tattoo festival and uh, you know, the tattooing is a priority for me. I want it to be right and I want it to be good and I want people to be able to make money, have a good experience and uh, do their best work. Um, are you going to do your best work while you're trying to tattoo in the middle of a fucking giant rock concert? Probably not. <laughs> you know, hair's it's being blown by format. the bass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you I know, mean, one year you need separation between your booths with pipe and drape. I mean, what the fuck was that? Preferably. <laughs> I, one year I went to a show that, that had a, it was one of the shows with, with rock bands and all. And uh, it was a decent band or something. Um, you know, they had a decent headliner. And 
I always have a technique for sales, of course. When I'm fishing, I'm just fishing for a sale and uh, for a tattoo. And if there's somebody up and he starts saying he doesn't have enough money and he has any people with him, I'll immediately turn him into a bum and try and get him to ask his friends for money. You know, and so this guy had eight people and he was having a problem with my price. And so I said, well, hey, man, you got eight friends here. Every one of them's got at least 10 bucks to loan you on this tattoo. I think we got enough. He said, no way. There's no way because all of them are too broke. I had to pay for their ticket to watch the concert tonight. And I thought, what a stupid idea to have a show with a concert and and take my money for my tattoo and the whole purpose that we're here and to spread it out, to like water it down. You know, it's like a half and half now. Yeah. I ended, I ended up losing out on it. You know, guys, guy actually probably he went there. If he had eight people there and he paid 30 to 40 bucks for each one of them, then I could do some math and tell you it's probably like 240 bucks or something. I don't know. You can do the math for me. I'm sorry. I'm terrible at math, but he paid enough money that he could have got a tattoo if he just went there by himself. But because there was a concert, he, he wanted his friends to go along and you know, it, it, um, it's bad all around he's broke. <laughs> now he's broke. Yeah. And now I'm broke. That was actually a yep. show that the promoter, it was the last one I did with the guy. Um, and it's failed now we talked about it earlier but uh he he wouldn't say anything to me all weekend and he took a a a really high named and a guy i really respect and that guy didn't even have a booth when he got there and we ended up you know me and my wife we all crowded candy just didn't tattoo that weekend and we all crowded in the same booth so that he could have a place to tattoo out of clint cummings was there and he had to tattoo out of another friend's booth too because the same thing the guy had promised booths to everybody and then didn't have enough on the floor plan for everybody that showed up yeah uh yep i know who you're talking about Um, (laughs) heard that story before huh it, it seems no, to be a reoccurring but, <laughs> refrain of success, you know? I think it's yeah, going to go on but, more uh, as your success and as we promote, myself and other people like us, we promote how much fun these tattoo conventions are and how much we learn from them. Other people are going to try. I think we need to find ways to help uh, this, you know, well, the I public. Think the, I think the health department in... Um... I think the health department in uh, Tampa is going to prove a painful lesson to people uh, that don't know what they're doing and trying to run a, a tattoo convention where that guy's facing a $50,000 fine for improper uh, use of uh, or improper uh, disposal, disposal. of bio waste. And, uh, you know, he definitely didn't make fucking anywhere near that to a, uh, his fine or even probably bail himself out. He might even sit fucking jail. It's a class B felony that they're charging him with. So according to the health department, like, I mean, he's going to walk out of this thing with a felony. Right. Um, and no, he'll never do another tattoo convention ever in his life. There will be no ink the bay three because, uh, he's going to get a fucking jail and, uh, he's, you know, he's facing like 50 some grand worth of, you know, fines for, for not, uh, being able to manage uh, a room like that. You know, I've been managing rooms like that for 20 some years and it's not easy and it, t- 
takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of work on my end to make that safe for people. And, uh, I mean, you know, now that you were right so many years ago and you, you've, you've, I've seen it that you were right. That that you, you said then Kyle, I wouldn't want to have a a TV show spotlighting this because other people are going to try. They're going to fail. They're going to fuck up the industry. They're going to fuck up different ass, but now we're there. So now can you have the TV show? Nah, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> no, um, I swear to know, God, like, I think Pickles is a star. I'm just, I'm looking for the vehicle that he can break <laughs> out in. People need to know, know about like, this like, man. He, yeah, he would, he would definitely be, uh, you know, he would definitely be the, uh, a star in that for sure. The driving force um, in some cases. Like, he yep. would definitely have all the, um, I don't know if it'd be all the punchlines, but he would definitely have the catchphrase. Now, I mean, I definitely have a crew that's, uh, that's, that would be worth TV, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that it would be good for, uh, for tattooing. And that's always been right. what I cared about is, you know, doing these things to promote tattooing and, uh, promote, you know, the success and perpetuation of, of good tattooing for, you know, for our industry. And, uh, you know, that can't be actually, why do you let me show up? That doesn't make any sense. Now I call bullshit. (laughs) I'm there. (laughs) You must have to, you have to make a couple of deals with the devil, huh? (laughs) You're like, Kyle, I had to sell my soul. Nah, just because you were on that show. You're a good tattooer though. But, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, I don't know. I thought about it. I turned it down a couple times already, but I mean, stupid pitches of right. some people that, you know, well, were, I was one of them. were not better than, <laughs> not better than Ink the Bay, you know? Uh, right. Uh, yeah. But I, but I also don't want to support that kind of tragedy for our industry either. But <laughs> right. you know, like nobody wants to watch things that are happy. Like, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, that, uh, oh, fuck, I forget what the show was now. There's, uh, the Tattoo Titans was good. And there's, there's Epic a couple tattoo Inc. shows that were, Epic Inc. was good. Yep. There was, there was a couple tattoo shows that were like real positive and cool and like uplifting. And they then, lasted uh, a day. I mean, yeah, Ink Master was good because, uh, people liked the drama. They, they liked yep. the, the way that people were casted against each other and, uh, in creating the drama, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. <laughs> Back to yeah. educating the public. Don't go to other shows that aren't villain. No, uh, it, it, look into a show. If it's been running for a while, there'll be a track re- record, a history that you can search. I've got to figure that's probably the best place to start. Right. It's look for a track. History. Probably the best place to start. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, and there's lots of good shows. There are not, I mean, the villain art shows are great. I mean, but there's, there's also a lot of shows that villain arts doesn't run that are, that are great. You know, there's, there's lots of good shows out there and, um, you know, there's lots of good tattooers doing lots of great work at a lot of different places, but you know, like anything, you want a good tattoo, look at people's work look at the people that are at the shows, look at the way it's promoted and, uh, you know, see if that's something that you want to support. And, uh, if it's not, don't support it. 
don't go to it. Don't, uh, you know, don't give money to these assholes. Like, uh, you know, these fly by night, uh, you know, half ass you know, organizations. So where do you take criticisms um, for, uh, for villain mm-hmm. arts and comments? And do you, uh, what, what kind of do you do to make sure that you continue? Oh man, email me, email me, tell me what I'm doing. Tell me what I can do better, you know? And, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's a 25 year work in progress for me. I want to, after 25 years, I want to keep getting better. You know, I want every year to be my best year. I see it. That's my why I, uh, I, I know when you, when you take comments from people like, uh, and I don't know how I even see it. Well, I know. Cause my wife keeps me in tune to it. You know, I'm not usually going through the comment section too much. But she she points out to me when you're working on something like that, when you're looking for ways to improve by reading other people's comments and and looking for improvements for for your own product, which I obviously appreciate. It, where um, what do we do now? What do what do we do? Is there anything I feel like we've probably exhausted a little bit of the tattoo stuff, and I should probably let you go to your paradise? Uh, right. Where do people get a hold of you? And and, and uh, when is the next villain arts? is uh yeah baltimore baltimore is coming up uh the second week of may and uh just check out villain arts for our travel schedule you know i'll uh you know email uh everything through villain arts uh website you know we keep a really good website and um villainarts.com yeah if you're Uh, an artist and you want to do our shows email us but you have to include your uh your instagram and facebook uh because we need to see your work to validate you to do our shows. We don't let any asshole in. No, I've seen assholes get kicked out and not be allowed back. Yep. We won't see them again. <laughs> yep. Lots and and Lots we're better for it. Thanks for yep. all your work, Troy. Thanks for letting me talk to you again. It, it you. interrupts your paradise. Enjoy what's left of your night. We'll talk to you soon Thank again, you. buddy. All right. Bye. Take care.